your dulcet tones are caressing my earlobes. I had a dream about that once. And welcome everybody to the final countdown, a podcast looking back at great finals within the game of football. I am Lewis here once again for episode twenty-five with my co-host Adam. Hello there. Hello. Um, so uh, apologies if anybody picks up on a lack of energy from me. I'm recovering from the dreaded coronavirus, um, but I've turned on my best presenter charm. I gotta say you've injected energy from five minutes ago. So I will try and edit out as many coughs as possible. Um, but yeah, just so you know, I am running on the fuel that is the FA Cup final from the 1998 <laughs> season. I could run out. Pretty soon. That's a good. That's a good segue though, right? Um, so Adam, what do you know about the night? Cup final. Right, so it's Arsenal's double winning year? Correct. Um, so yeah, they won the double, so it's Arsenal. I'm going to say Newcastle, because I vaguely remember a conversation we had earlier in the week. Correct. Yeah, and I think Shearer had a couple of goes at the Cup final, one of which I know is next week, which I'm covering. Yeah, I was about to say, hopefully you know about that, because yeah, you're the one researching yeah. it. So bless old Big Al. Which um, it's good, it's good comic fodder for when you've got the you know the chaps around the match of the day table. They and love you've it, got Wrighty, yeah, Lineker, yeah. and Shearer. It's something they always like to bring up. Yeah, it is quite funny. Obviously, never won the FA Cup with them, um, but some great memories <laughs> nevertheless. Ten, eleven years later, I went on to win the FA Cup. How about you? Oh yes. Yeah. Um, what was that? A minute? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a new record. A warm welcome to uh, Petr Cech, uh, five times cup winner. That's five times more than Alan, by the way. <laughs> 30 seconds. It's my record. It's the quickest yet. Three more nice guys in the studio as well. Rude Hullett, uh, who won the FA Cup as a manager with Chelsea. Danny Murphy, a winner with Liverpool in 2001. And um, Alan Shearer. Um, Rude, we'll start with you. Hello to Philip Neville, who won it three times with Manchester United. We've already heard from Ian Wright, who lifted it twice with Arsenal. And uh, it's brought to my attention today on social media that over the years I may have mentioned the fact Really? That you never won the FA Cup. Now, I'm not going to do that because it's not fair to keep mentioning the fact that you've never won the <laughs> FA Cup uh, whilst all of us have won the FA Cup and you haven't. So I, I'm not going to do it anymore. Okay. Just because it's your twin brother. Yeah. Okay, nice. good point. Yeah, so these were his two. So I know Arsenal win. Yeah. Obviously, they won the double and share a loss, so it's pretty obvious. But uh, that's pretty. I wouldn't have a clue on the score. I'd probably say 2 0. Okay. I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm not going to give anything away yet. Oh, cliffhanger. Um, <laughs> yeah, make up final. I tell you what, mate. Our listeners are going to be on tenterhooks. Uh, <laughs> but gather around. Let me whet your appetite with some of these names. This is this is the era of football that I grew up oh, yeah. in. So, like, there are names here that I have a lot of time for. Uh, and not just the ones you'd expect. So, we've obviously got a fairly um, recognisable Arsenal team. Uh, Seaman, Dixon, Keown, Adams, Winterburn is, like, that standard back line that seemed to be there for basically a decade. Yeah. Um, but then you've also got uh, Vieira and Petit in centre midfield that would go on yeah. to win the World Cup um, oh, yeah, that summer, later that yeah. summer yeah. Um, and then they had Overmars and Parler on the wings uh, Overmars, the Romford Pele the Romford Pele and then Roadrunner on the left wing Mark Overmars <laughs> who <laughs> me, me. let's just deal with the elephant in the room when it comes to Mark Overmars and everything that's come out of, about him recently oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so we're that. obviously going to talk about what a great football player he was we're not commenting on the terrible person that uh, it's it seems that he is but moving on past that because we're here to talk about football uh, up front we had uh, in this final and we'll talk a little bit about one of these strike partners but Nicholas Anelka a young 19 year old yeah um, and then Christopher Ray 
Do you remember Christopher Ray? I the don't. Liberian striker? No, I don't. Well, we'll talk a little bit about him uh, in this. And then you've got the Newcastle United team. Uh, good old stalwart uh, Shea Given in goal. Uh, Alessandro Pistone of later Everton fame, yeah. or maybe Everton not, before this. I can't quite remember. Not so much fame, but yeah. No, good point. You've got Nikos Dabizas, Steve Howey, Stuart Pearce, Warren Barton, Rob Lee, David Batty, Gary Speed, Tamuri Ketspire <laughs> of celebration Kick fame. the old boarding exactly. uh, boards, yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, Shearer up top. Uh, on the bench, it's worth noting, they had Philippe Albert and John Barnes. Um, John uh, Barnes still going. Exactly, Blimey, Barnes. Man. A little bit of magic. And they also had Ian Rush signed on for their books, but he was injured for this cup final. Wow. Uh, he wouldn't have started, obviously, no, but no, um, no. he was still kind of ticking uh, wow. ticking over. And, in fact, it scored one of the goals in the um, games leading up to the cup final. Um, and managed to get them there. Uh, both teams... Um, I was about to say, both teams were managed. I think that's fairly... You know, assumed. Well, mismanaged, maybe. Well, at that point, we have Arsene Wenger with his only second season in charge, yeah. leading Arsenal to a League and Cup double. Uh, and unfortunately, as much as I love him, King Kenny Dalgleish. I was going. Yeah, I was confused who was going to be there. Then. Yeah, yeah. So Dalgleish uh, is manager, and actually, I'll give away. Uh, I'll give away something that I was going to save till later. But Dalgleish um, was inconsistent in the league this year, which we'll talk about in a bit. But um, he lasted until only two games the following season, which is a really bizarre time. He's to a bit weird, game. isn't he? In the sense, well, oh, careful, get, careful what you're saying. About Did he get King fired? Because he is known for going it's at for strange times. There's a little bit of the um, Kevin Keegan about that as well. When yeah. Keegan is just well, like, you know what, I'm not cut out for yeah, the job. Yeah, I'm, I'm gone. Yeah. So but he obviously did it at Liverpool. I think he did it at Blackburn as well. Yeah, he, he did left. do it at Blackburn. Yeah. That's right. Um, so obviously Arsenal had won the uh, season uh, two weeks before this cup final. Uh, this was Wenger's... Uh, Wenger, I've turned into you. That's just by osmosis. What, what? I say Wenger, but I don't think there's a particular, you know, right or wrong. Wenger. Word. Wenger. Wenger's first FA Cup. Uh, but he would go on to win how many as a manager, Adam? Oh, Have a blimey, guess. quite a lot. Uh, I'm going to say six. Ding, 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 ding. Well done, Is that Adam. correct? That is correct. Wow. On the money. Arsene Wenger would uh, win the FA Cup six times. Um, but they had struggled in the Cup, making it to the final. So they had played um, decent enough opposition, I think three Premier League teams at that time, uh, but they had also needed three replays to make the final. Still so, replays, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 so despite the fact that Arsenal uh, had kind of um, really got a great bit of momentum, so I think Man United were, I think, nine or ten points ahead of Arsenal about Christmas time, and Arsenal just went on an amazing run, overtook them. Um, so despite the fact they had all this momentum, when it came to the Cup, yeah. they were struggling a little bit. Yeah. Um, although Wenger was doing what he normally does, which is rotate a lot in the cups. Um, so he's sending on a lot of the kind of um, reserve players, or yeah. a better phrase. Um, Squad players. So where Arsenal had struggled in the cup, but had excelled in the league, Newcastle were the polar opposite. So they had been very inconsistent in the league. Obviously, um, in the FA Cup finals we've spoken about before, we've spoken about how Newcastle, Man United and Arsenal were kind of the trio yeah. um, vying for the Premier League. Dalglish took over and uh, started to plummet a little bit. They would finish 13th this season. So quite a drop. So this is two seasons after they ran United. Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah, exactly. And they would go on to have a good season next year oh, right, uh, okay. in the Premier League. But... Dalgleish just wasn't a good fit, seemingly, for Newcastle. Yeah. Um, but in the Cup, they had kind of been able to leave behind their struggles in the league. Often the um, way, Lou. Often the way. And so uh, Newcastle played, uh, shall we say, less robust opposition on their run to the final, but still beating a Premier League or two to get there. A Premier League? A Premier, Premier league, league team or two to get there. Um, but one of the concerns for Arsenal, who were 
relatively heavy favourites going in. Uh, they'd beaten Newcastle twice in the league as yeah. well. Um, but Dennis, the flying Dutchman, or non-flying Dutchman, uh, if you yeah. know your history, yeah. uh, Burkamp had epitomised the creativity and ingenuity of Arsenal's um, kind of league performance, but he was ruled out with a hamstring injury. So right. that was kind of the big concern initially. And a lot of the conversations leading up to the final was about um, Burkamp missing. Yeah. And then, to make matters worse, um, it would later come out that Ian Wright, who was... I was just about to ask about Wright, yeah. So he was likely going to partner Nicholas and Elka. Yeah. Um, but Wrighty had had an injury. He felt he could play through. He felt comfortable enough that he was like, no, put me in, boss, I'm ready. But Wenger decided to go with Christopher Ray, who had um, scored against Wolves in the semi-final to put Arsenal through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Christopher Ray, who like, yeah, was kind of third or fourth choice um, for Arsenal, was actually boosted ahead of Ian Wright. And there was a little bit of controversy in terms of Wrighty saying, no, I'm good enough, boss. Yeah. And Benga saying, no, I'm going to go with Christopher Rare. Wow. Um, so that was kind of the talk uh, leading up to it. And then, again, as a, it's a good um, final for polar opposites because uh, Alan Shearer, who we obviously know is one of the most, well, is the most prolific striker of the Premier League era, uh, he really struggled this season. They only managed two goals in 17 games. Wow. So there had been injuries this season, hence why he only played 17 games. Um, but he'd scored 25 goals the previous season. So he'd yeah. gone from 25 to 2 and was kind of really struggling uh, this season. And part of that also was there were other issues surrounding Shearer. Uh, he had been involved in a tangle with Leicester's Neil Lennon, uh, which oh, went unnoticed yeah. by the referee. And when I say involved in a tangle, yeah. he turns around after a bit of niggling from Neil Lennon. And as Lennon falls to the floor, he turns around and kicks him in the face, yeah. which Shearer says was um, not premeditated. So he doesn't say he didn't do it, yeah. but he's just like, oh, I, I you know, hadn't decided, I just lashed out. Um, he managed to uh, avoid a charge of misconduct and therefore avoided being banned, um, which could have... Captain of England as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he would have been, yeah. So it could have um, really kind of ruined his season. (laughs) But uh, in a great bit of uh, YouTube comedy, the clip, if you look for it on YouTube, um, is titled, Neil Lennon viciously headbutts Alan Shearer's foot. (laughs) 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 Which I've got a lot of time for. Clearly uploaded by uh, Geordie. Um, But yeah, if you want to go look at it, it's it's pretty nasty to be fair. And then... Something I absolutely love is Shearer's booted him in the face. Neil Lennon is, is kind of on his stomach, face down, holding his face. And then Shearer's have to say, oh, come on, mate, it's not that bad. Just picks him by his shoulders and tries yeah, to yeah, pick yeah. him up That's off right. the floor. Try and get away with it. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just ludicrous. Yeah. But um, somehow Shearer managed to avoid a char- uh, misconduct charge and was available for the game. He's um, a bit of a brute, isn't he, Shearer? So you must get away with it a little bit because exactly. he comes across so likeable on Match of the Day. Yeah, but interestingly enough, on that same YouTube rabbit hole that I was down... Um, and I know you like this clip, is uh, and he gets Roy Keane sent off. I was just about to mention this, because Roy Keane's commented on this, hasn't he, on the, the overlap Right, recently. okay. Um, they ask him the question, ask Roy Keane the question, is there a, um, a pundit that you've turned up to do work with where it's been a bit frosty? Right. And he, classic Roy Keane, like, goes to not say something and then just Decides. says, Shearer. No way. Uh, and the, the mainly Man United crowd that are there, mm-hmm. obviously, start jeering and whatnot but um, yeah there's still there's still beef so, from that incident I find that so interesting because yeah. let's face it Keane gave it as good as he got yeah, yeah. but um, he gets sent off and in this clip I hadn't realised like Shearer's double hard because at no point do Newcastle players run over to like defend Shearer or get around Shearer Shearer gets surrounded by about six or seven United players yeah. and then the ref's there nobody comes to his aid but he just stands still Keane's losing it just like, staring at Keane yeah, yeah, yeah Shearer's just like 
cool, yeah. calm, collected, just looking at him, not moving. King goes towards him. Shearer holds his ground. Mm. Shearer's surrounded by like six, seven United players, and he doesn't care less. It's brilliant. You are like, yeah, there's, um, there's a clip on the um, BBC Sounds podcast. They do the top 10 thing with Michael yeah. Richards and Gary Lineker, and they talk about it in that. And Shearer, he's like, um, Lineker's like, oh, were you scared? Shearer's like, Ah, would have been right. <laughs> he can handle himself. He's <laughs> yeah, a proper Geordie. Oh, he kicked Neil Lennon in there. I was going to say John Lennon then. <laughs> well, that would, that would be really insulting <laughs> to go, go to his grave and kick him. But he's a nice guy, so sure I wouldn't do that. No, not at all. Um, an interesting uh, tidbit of information here before we get into the game itself. Uh, the BBC did not show this game. It was not broadcast on the BBC. It was broadcast on ITV and Sky, one of the first times. That's weird, isn't it? Very weird. I tried to look into why that happened and I couldn't find any articles. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't I, know the BBC had ever missed the Africa final. I'll pose you that question for your cup final next week. You can tell me. I thought me. it was one of the, um, they call it the crown jewels, don't they? The, yeah, the, the, the you things that to, you bid for. I guess yeah. if ITV have it, but I would have thought if they got it for free, they'd they'd broadcast it. Yeah, I have no idea why, but maybe you can find out before our next one. But okay. um, ITV would have 7.8 million viewers watching it and Sky less than a million which, which is, is crazy why, to think about what, the direction yeah, we've gone yeah, now. Which is why they didn't do it anymore, I guess. But, but do you remember Sky being a novelty? Just taking it away from the football I side do, of yeah. things. Like, yeah. I do remember when someone you'd see the satellite outside someone's house because they used to be so noticeable and you'd be like, oh yeah. Me and my Sky. brother, we lived in our parents' loft when we were, I don't know, 17, 18. This, I assume it was a converted loft. It's not like a social services thing. You weren't like, no, right, no, get up the ladder. No, no, no one, yeah, someone locked on the door. My mum was like, get upstairs. <laughs> People know you're here. Um... But yeah, so we lived up there. So we paid for Sky Digital. Sky Digital, as it was called. And it was just the best day. I can imagine. So we, me and Paul had Sky in our loft. No one else did in the, in the house. In the house? Yeah. <laughs> How did you wrangle that? Because we were paying for it. I'm not going to have a pipe into the lounge. Right, right, okay. the loft. All right. So would this have been a Channel 5 launch yet? Or was it still the four terrestrial uh, channels? And then you got Sky. It's going to be around, it's gonna be around this still era, time, 98, yeah. 99. I mean, it was f- mainly for the football. Mm-hmm. Um WWF Raw. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. Uh, so those days. That's going to be our spin-off podcast. <laughs> the, the final pin down. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and let's face it, I was a teenager, so music television. Oh, yes. The way that you just described MTV as music television has really, has really <laughs> marked your age there. It's not to, you know, kick you in your well, down. They had but... music videos on the telly box. <laughs> I went to the CD shop. It was called Her Majesty's Voice. <laughs> okay, so uh, with that wonderful dose of nostalgia, let's get into the match. What a goal! Goal of a lifetime at Wembley! So as the game uh, would start, Arsenal were the brighter team with, uh, in particular, Marco Mars and Ray Parler running riot down the wings. And it's one of those things, there is a very select few uh, players where you can look at them and go, they are quick. They are really quick. Darius Vassell. Darius Vassell is in that group. Gabby Agbonlahor back in the day. <laughs> but Mark Overmars might be He's the king of this. Yeah, he yeah, is yeah. unbelievably quick. And yeah. I know that obviously sports science and athleticism of footballers has really progressed in the last 20 years. But it, it does look like Overmars is a player from 2020 playing against people from the 1990s. Like, he just seems in another time zone. He's yeah. so rapid. Yeah, basically they say, oh, Alessandro Pistone 
has the job of man marking Marco Vinasco. Oh, yeah, and he basically gets turned inside out. He comes off with twisted blood by the end of it. It's, it's <laughs> terrible. Um, but yeah, basically Marco Vinasco and Ray Parler run riot, uh, and there's some lovely fluid football and the kind of the flavour that Arsenal would have for the next kind of ten years under Wenger really starts to show itself. A lot of possession, a lot of fluid play, and it really was like not to harp on too much about, it, but it really was this. Um, coming together of different cultures as in traditional footballing cultures where you had this solid mainly English backline with a little bit of you know uh, French flair in the middle with the Dutch like um, creativity and engine it was just this perfect blend yeah. and Newcastle basically couldn't keep up with them so from the start of the game uh, there was a lot of fluid football um, but Newcastle tried to go long ball so every time that our, they would win possession back in their half they would just try and knock it up top to Shearer um, there wasn't really an attempt to play football which again is a little bit um, uh, of a contrast to what they were doing a couple of seasons before Dalglish. Yeah. Um, but they, they weren't interested in playing football in this cup final. And so, um, strangely, the first kind of half chance of the game does fall to Newcastle, though. And it's a uh, a half chance that falls to Tamuri Ketsbaya, who lets fly from 20 yards out, but it kind of bobbles past Siemens' uh, post. <laughs> um, but that's basically as good as it gets in the first half for Newcastle. That's the only kind of chance that they have. And then that seemed to kind of wake Arsenal up a bit in terms of being a bit more ruthless and a bit more cutthroat. So for the first 20 minutes or so, they, they seem happy just to keep possession. Uh, and it was one of those glorious FA Cup final days where the sun is, shining. sun is shining. There was a May heat wave as well. So Wembley weather. Exactly. And I think it's these kind of cup finals that cement that yeah. picture in your head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically after Ketsbyer lets fly, um, it kind of wakes them up. And then Arsenal play, again, lovely bit of... Um, work between Dixon and Ray Parler down the right um, with Parler kind of um, bulleting across a ball at head height and Elka manages to head over from four yards out. He's basically got an open goal. Brilliant. Um, the cross comes in very quick from Ray Parler just before it goes out the touchline but nevertheless, yeah, and Elka should absolutely bury it um, and he heads over and you can see it and it's so strange to see like a 19-year-old Nicholas and Elka. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nevertheless, he completely wastes that opportunity but minutes after that, Mark Overmars breaks the deadlock. Uh, it's Emmanuel Petit and I, I think this might be the only way I can describe it. A classy long ball. If you can have a classy long ball. I think because it's from Petit. Exactly. You almost have to. Petit. Yeah, you have to call it classy. It was. It's just, he wouldn't lump it, would he? No, but that's the thing. is I know this sounds ridiculous, but he's just inside the Newcastle half. And he hits a long ball over the top. It bounces pretty much on the edge of the area. So he's hit it a long way. But he doesn't thump it. There's no run-up. He's got barely any like pullback on his, his foot. He just kind of scoop long balls it's just brilliant and it's just the you love Petit though. I really do love yeah, Petit yeah, yeah. I, just, I just think he had a bit of everything like Vieira gets a lot of the credit he does yeah. um, but Emmanuel Petit was a hell of a player but he launches this classy long ball and Marco Mars is probably four yards five yards behind Alessandro Pistone of course he is <laughs> and it just doesn't matter he runs he shoulder barges and gets in front of Alessandro Pistone who because uh, he's got the really big curls and hair as well he looks a little bit comical as he's trying to keep up with Overmars um, and as Shea Given comes out, um, Overmars manages to toe poke it and finish um, through the legs of the onrushing Shea Given uh, to give Arsenal the lead. Um, and basically the rest of the first half after they take that lead, it's Arsenal just continuing to prod, to probe um, and kind of just uh, keep Newcastle in their own half. There's very few chances for Newcastle. They're kind of pinned back for the majority of the rest of the half and Arsenal look quite comfortable. Um, there doesn't seem to be much jeopardy, but... Clearly, King Kenny says something at halftime because at the start of the second half, uh, Newcastle come out of the blocks and seem to have woken up and they get their best spell of the game for about 25 minutes. Oh, right, so they came back into it, right? Yeah, so it's a... 
it's very difficult to describe because the, the cup final overall, there wasn't a lot of jeopardy for Arsenal. Yeah. Um, it is pretty much these 20, 25 minutes at the start of the second half. It's the only time Newcastle will look like they might be in with it. Yeah. Um, and talking of which, there is basically a couple of moments where, uh, speaking afterwards, the Arsenal players were like, if they had scored in that period we might have got nervous, we might have got a bit jittery, yeah. but because we managed to ride out the big mo, the momentum, they they were they were able to see out the rest of the game without issue. But um, basically, as the second half begins, you can basically just um, see Newcastle returning to a bit of football. They actually start playing and trying to match Arsenal, and it kind of starts working. Right. Um, and they get a free kick out wide, not far from the corner area, and then basically you just see this shadow emerging at the back post. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's the bracelet-wearing Nikos Dabby's ass. And he absolutely <laughs> launches himself over two Arsenal defenders at the back post. Uh, and he heads, and it absolutely clangs off the crossbar uh, and bounces away, unfortunately. But Dabby's ass absolutely towers over, I think it's Adams and Keogh. Wow. Um, plants a no really good feet. header. Exactly. Seaman has beaten um, completely, but it just rings off the crossbar. And then um, immediately after that, when uh, Newcastle starting to probe, starting to play some football through, uh, Martin Keown managed to intercept one of the Newcastle attacks, but then tread, comically treads on the ball and kind of falls over it, and it pops out to Shearer, who manages to knock it past Keown, uh, works a really good angle and hits a really um, tip, stereotypical Shearer kind of drive, yeah. but with his left foot that strikes the inside of the post but manages to bounce clear rather than in. Oh, and no, it's a, yeah, it's a re- that. it's that's basically the point that everyone yeah, was yeah. like, if that had gone in, Wenger comments on it. I think Overmars comments on it, um, and Dalglish comments saying like, if that goal had gone in with the momentum that Newcastle were having, that might have different game changed it. Yeah, exactly. But unfortunately, that's the kind of that's as good as it gets for Newcastle, uh, and they the momentum is stopped in its tracks. Um, in kind of the, I think, 68, 69th minute, as Ray Parler manages to get the ball out wide, uh, who plays it through for an Elka over the top, who would be offside. Newcastle play a brilliant um, offside trap, almost reminiscent of Arsenal. Yeah. Everyone steps up, arms in the air, but uh, everyone except for Steve Howie. I knew you were going to say someone like that. <laughs> Poor Steve Howie is completely at sea, oh, is not no. in tune with the rest of his line. So as everyone else steps up, he is playing uh, Nicholas and Elko on the side. And again, Howie is basically chasing an Elko who's never going to catch. Right. Um, and then it's a really good finish, actually, by I think Anelka. I remember this goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he scores past given and it, it ends the contest yeah. um, where it's basically Newcastle's resistance is gone. Arsenal take possession for the rest of the game. And and um, Ray Parler, who would go on to get man of the match for this game. So Did amongst he? all the star-studded wow. names, it's Ray Parler that's pulling the strings. Um, he's he's one of those players anyway. You kind of you joke about him because he's you you think you can take the mickey out of him, but actually he showed up in a very good Arsenal team. He was always an ever present. Yeah, that yeah, that's a really good point. Is the fact that under like multiple Arsenal managers, he was always getting picked. Yeah, and he was doing something right. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, because Ray Parler's Ray Parler is that stereotypical British like. Yeah, bloke, but yeah. no, he, he had quality, he had class, and he, he clearly had ability. So, as the game gr- draws to a close, um, Lee Dixon plays in Ray Parler on the right, who manages to dribble past two defenders, knocking the ball around one of them and then just driving past the other, gets into the box, unleashes a really close range shot that hits the outside of the post and would have been one of those Ricky Veer kind mm. of um, historic FA Cup goals. Um, and he, yeah, Ray Parler was as, as good as Mark Overmars was on the left. Ray Parler, um, seem to match him on the right but really uh, interestingly about Alessandro Pistone who we mentioned earlier yeah. so um, yeah Pistone basically had had the job of marking Mark Overmars and had not done a good job but 
very few defenders would have done. So yeah. at some point they switch him to left back in order to give him a bit of a break. And <laughs> yeah, then Ray Parler, yeah, so Ray Parler basically turns him inside out. So poor Pistone has an absolutely terrible cup final. <laughs> Just sub me, ref. Um, but the fu- uh, full-time whistle goes and Arsenal uh, clinch the double. So we're going to move on now to your favourite round and mine, the extra time round. <laughs> You have just witnessed 90 of the most gripping minutes of European football you will ever, ever see. But the good news is there's more to come. Okay, so interestingly enough, some facts about the game. Uh, Give me facts. In the 96 final, we obviously mocked relentlessly the Liverpool squad for turning up in their Armani suits, yep. um, which was completely understandable because they were ridiculous. But this began, I didn't realise, somewhat of a tradition of a... Um, a designer creating suits for the, did, the yeah. FA Cup final. Yeah. So Hugo Boss provided the customary pre-match um, suits for the pre-match walk. Right. So Hugo Boss for both teams. For both teams. Right. So this would become apparently so it became some, a sponsorship tradition. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Um, and then as a sign of the ever modernising times that we're talking about here, uh, I found it interesting that reading uh, Arsene Wenger's post-match interview comments, he started talking about how well his multinational team had helped due to it still being... A, like I think he highlighted it because it was still a bit of a novelty. Like We've spoken about foreign players coming over and establishing the Premier League for all it was. Yeah. But obviously comparing Newcastle to Arsenal's team on the day, Newcastle had like three nationalities, four nationalities, yeah. whereas Arsenal had like seven, eight, nine. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, Wenger said, oh, we kept on getting better and better. And so is this mixture between our foreign and English players. So yeah. it was clearly something that was being spoken about a lot in the press. Uh, Wenger was getting a lot of questions about it. But this is where we really see this kind of multinational... Uh, and winning things, I think that's the thing. It wasn't just like, oh, we've got Gianfranco Zola now. It's yeah, like, okay, yeah. we've got a team full of foreign players, and I think Arsenal would be the first team to not field an English player. Or I can't Sounds remember. Sounds right, yeah. It's Arsenal or Chelsea, maybe. One of those two, I think. Um, but nevertheless, uh, it was just sometimes I thought it was interesting that on the FA Cup final, he just won it, and he felt the need to bring that up. Yeah. Um, but also, if anyone is in doubt of why we do so many FA Cup finals on this feed uh, and the nostalgia that we've spoken about, about how the FA Cup used to be this, that and the other, uh, Mark Overmars, I think, summed it up best by saying, again, he just won the FA Cup final. He said, this is the biggest thing that you can dream of. I would say it's the same as winning the European Cup. I cannot uh. believe we've won it. And Dennis Burkamp would say the same thing, that he was absolutely gutted to miss out because this is the game that him and his family would all get yeah, around right. to watch yeah, yeah. internationally before he'd, he'd come to England. So it really did hold this like prestige and value um and i think again uh, talking about a podcast that we spoke about recently Gianfranco Zola said it was the highlight of his sporting career winning yeah. that FA Cup so despite a loss Newcastle would end up winning a place in the cup winners cup because Arsenal would qualify for the Champions League through winning yeah, the yeah. league um so Newcastle would enter the cup winners cup and on that note uh, quite a few podcasts ago now when we're talking about Brian Clough we're talking about Nottingham Forest we yeah. meant we mentioned the full members cup do you remember we that? We did yeah, yeah so I came across in this because when I was looking at Shearer's goal scoring record for this season it said in his trophy cabinet like full members cup so I finally looked up what it was yeah. and it was during the Heisel ban yeah. uh, when England were not allowed to compete in Europe uh, they put on the full members cup as a way to say huh we've still got a great competition or was it, it just another domestic cup? Yeah and right. it was only the top two leagues that were available so God, was, I don't remember that at all no it, it lasted seven years right um, and basically nobody took it seriously but yeah. the FA were just desperate to try and be like we don't need Europe yeah. we can do our own thing and yeah nobody cared yeah. but interestingly that's what the full members cup was interesting um, so as I mentioned at the start the last fact uh, about this cup final is that Dalglish would end up losing his job just two games into the start of next season but he would be replaced by sexy sexy man 
and sexy footballer, <laughs> Rude Hullet, who I have so much love and affection for. Um, but nevertheless, that was the 1998 FA Cup final. Well, interestingly, it kind of links to what you were saying then about the, the prestige of the FA Cup and in some people's minds, the death of the FA Cup. Interesting. What a cliffhanger. There we go. So join us next week as we talk about the 1999 FA Cup final.